0: Welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Living Hope, a weekly show designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer, sharing the real-life stories of those really affected by this deadly disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. With your host... Do we even need to introduce her anymore here? She's the voice of of uh, survivors, Roberta Luna. Hey, Roberta. Hi,
1: Paul. Thank you. It's good to be back in, in the studio. It's nice to be here. Today, I have a Karen Mooney returning. I really appreciate Karen coming back. Karen is a board-certified registered nurse with more than 12 years of inpatient oncology experience and acute care hospital. She joins us again today. Thank you. And we want to talk about... Um, clinical barrier, clinical trial barriers. Um, January is Clinical Trials Awareness Month. And this month on Living Hope, we've been talking about clinical trials and the importance of them. Um, Thank you, Karen, again, for being with us. We greatly appreciate and love seeing you here. Thank you very much
2: for having me. I'm always happy to be here and it's lovely seeing you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Could you give us just a quick explanation of what a clinical trial is?
2: So clinical trials are done in several um, steps. But a clinical trial is basically to show the efficacy of a treatment plan um, at different stages and thereby after so many stages with a certain amount of efficacy, then the FDA can approve it as a standard care for whatever medical treatment it's being looked at.
1: Um, I know generally because we are, you know, uh, pancreatic cancer, um, but clinical trials are important in all cancer treatments, but we do pretty much, of course, because we're dealing with pancreatic cancer, that's our main interest, but I know what we'll be talking about today is probably more generalized. It's general, yeah. Uh, Okay, correct. So thank you. Um, I know the... Um, you sent me an article and it was really interesting. Um, and I think that we'll probably be talking a lot about that today. But in that recent article, it was in the, I believe, the Clinical Journal of Oncology Nursing. Right, ONS. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Oncology Nursing. Yeah, easier. Onco- yeah. <laughs> Oncology <laughs> N- Nursing Society. Yes. It states only 3 to 5 percent of those eligible to participate in a clinical trial do. Right. And I know there are probably many reasons, or maybe you can give us some of those um, reasons, barriers, and why it is we right. see so, so little.
2: So some of what I'll be talking about is based on this article, which, which is a uh, clinical trial research article um, from ONS. And then um, I'll give you a little bit of my own take on what I've seen in my own practice, Great. which pretty much goes hand in hand with what the research article has found. Looking at this article, The study is a pilot study, and the problem was literally looking at um, the progress in improving the patient enrollment in studies over the the last decade. There hasn't been a lot of progress, Um, although we have a larger number of studies for all clinical trials, um, cancer being a, a huge one, there hasn't been a lot of additional enrollment of patient participation. So they really wanted to look at that. They wanted to find out what are the barriers, what what's stopping patients from getting from getting them into these clinical trials. Um, so they wanted to identify the, the related barriers. They were looking especially at underrepresented groups of people, including elderly and minority races. So having said that when they looked at these, they were looking at uh, the, bar- the types of barriers that they looked at were structural, clinical, and physician or, or patient related barriers. So a structural barrier is, um, is looked at as maybe there's no availability of the trial at, at, at clinical institutions. So proximity from patients to, to trials that might hold them back. They looked at 85% of cancer treatment is being treated in a community setting versus an academic research setting. So therefore, if you're living out 150 miles away from from a research center, look at City of Hope, MD Anderson, Cleveland Clinic. If you're outside of those areas, then maybe you can't, maybe you're too ill to drive two hours or three hours or five hours something something like that maybe you don't have the, the wherewithal the finances to get there so that's one set of barriers clinical barriers then are what we've seen over the last 20 years we're looking at cancer as not just cancer we're looking at cancer as the causes of the cancer so we're looking at targeted therapies uh, genetics and genomics play a really important piece in that. And so when they're narrowing these cancers down, the causes of the cancers, uh, proteins on individual cells that that cause growth um, or cause systems in the body to not effectively attack the cancer, because of those specificities, then our, our cancer clinical trials that are now being narrowed down to participants that only fit within a narrow scope. That's, so So that's another piece of that puzzle. If you have a cancer that doesn't have the exact proteins that that clinical trial is looking for, you're not going to be eligible for that, for, for that trial. Some of the other issues are, uh, clinical trials might only be available to people that have this certain protein, but that have also failed at some standard level of care. So, if you haven't had that standard level of care, albeit you have those proteins, you're not eligible until you go through that standard level of care. So, they're they're <laughs> very specific. There's a lot more than just I I have cancer and I want to be in in a clinical trial. You have to you have to actually meet all of the, the specificities that they're looking for. Then another barrier is the physician or the patient-related barriers. Those are more, I'm gonna say psychosocial. They're the, the personal factors, they're the fears of a patient that, hey, if I get into this trial, there's this word out there called mm-hmm. placebo. Yes, thank you. So if I get into this trial, I might be given a placebo, meaning, I'm not going to get treatment. Most trials, and as you, you and I were talking about earlier, m- most trials will not let you not have the standard level of care. You, so you might be, what they mean by a placebo in that is you may be getting standard level of care for your, for your cancer versus getting the trial drug. So that, that's, that's a question that you need to speak about with your individual oncologist to ask it's a fair it's a fair question I've got to be honest I knock on wood I've never had cancer but that would be the first question I don't want to be involved in a clinical trial <laughs> if I think I'm I'm being given a sugar pill you know you know versus um, an actual medication that that might help me
1: yeah and the, the word itself placebo is scary that's why I say I think it's, we need to change it to something else because right. if you are thinking you're getting a placebo and I don't even know where the idea of the sugar pill or placebo came from but it's scary to think I'm not getting at least the standard care treatment exactly. so that's something we really want to stress to somebody who is considering a clinical trial with pancreatic cancer you will get the standard treatment that right. is now right. you may not get the new drug that they're testing that they're testing right. for right, right. So.
2: and and I'm not even go- now I'm not go- going to say that there are not some clinical trials out there that that literally you might be getting it or you might be getting nothing, but it could also be the, the point where your your cancer um, has already been treated that there isn't anything else. So this is this is pretty much you're either going to get the the, the the trial medication or you don't have any other alternatives. So th- there could be studies out there that do that, and I know that pancan does not does not have that right. Some of the other issues with that psych-social is the oncologist. If you're working again, as, as I was um, talking, uh, as I was talking about the the availability, the proximity. If you're working with an oncologist in an area that is outside of um, a large uh, urban area, academic area, that they may not have the proximity. That physician may not feel that they are really able to talk with their patients about those clinical trials because maybe they're offering them something that they know that the patient couldn't take advantage of because of affordability, uh, not not that clinical trials cost anything, but just the affordability of getting to, to an area. Possibly too, oncologists, if they're not, if they don't have the time in their practice to make themselves aware of all the clinical trials out there. There are thousands of clinical trials going on. I've seen, I've seen the charts and over the last 10 years uh, where we went with clinical trials um, 10 years ago to where we are now, I think, th- I mean, there was something like, uh, there was like 500 or something 10 years ago. There's like thou- 5,000, mm-hmm. over 5,000 now. I was looking at some research from UCI on that, but so those barriers definitely are a problem when it comes to clinical trials, because where are we going to get the advancement for our cancer treatments, for any medical treatments, if we don't have the clinical trials? So for patients to, for patients to understand that they have the right to talk with their physicians about this, they shouldn't be afraid to bring up the question of, Am I eligible? What types of trials are out there? What's on the cusp of medicine right now? Clinical trials, by the time they involve humans, they're showing a certain level of efficacy or they don't advance. Mm-hmm. So by the time they, they are allowing human involvement, there's a good chance that that's going to be a game changer. When, when we talk about it in cancer, targeted therapies now are really the the gold standard that's what we're looking at when we're looking at her two negative types of breast cancers things like that it's exploded There the 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 length of remission the length of cure for quite a few cancers now is is elongating months and months and years even with pancreatic cancer everybody hears that as unfortunately a a a short one um even that that's it's changing you're you're a a prime example of it (laughs) thank you um so if we don't have the people that are willing to get involved in clinical trials nothing's going to move forward again it's easy for me to talk from from the cheap seats because again knock on wood i haven't been there but i do i do see how many of my patients that have gotten into clinical trials throughout the years have lived years and years longer than anybody expected and are successfully living mm-hmm. with a, a good quality of life so being aware of what those barriers are i think is very very important for patients and their family members so that they so that they don't feel in in that moment of diagnosis, the fear, the information that is coming so hard and fast, having your whole life upended, having somebody in your corner to sit with a doctor or to, or to sit with a nurse navigator if they have them and say, all right, what is the standard of care versus what are we looking at for clinical trials availability, um, including Gene testing, the genetic testing um, is very important in these clinical trials because they do need to know what exact uh, what exact mechanisms are driving that that cancer. So, that's really what I want to stress is that patients and their families, advocates, do need to advocate for what is out there, yeah. what's available.
1: I hear from a lot of patients they're they're almost afraid to question their doctor because they're afraid for one, the doctor will get angry and upset with them and then fire Mm -hmm. them or not be their doctor anymore. And, you know, and they they put, I mean, you know, I, I remember growing up putting, you know, the doctors were put on a pedestal pretty much. I mean, if he told me, take two aspirins, call me in the morning, we did it and we didn't question. Now we question, but I still run into a lot of patients who were afraid to question because they don't wanna lose their doctor. Um, is there any, any advice you have for them or any way they can approach it? Or yes, even I, those doctors that maybe say, okay, fine, go get your second opinion, but don't come back.
2: That <laughs> hurts my heart. It, re- it really hurts my heart. I've, I've been fortunate to, to be around a majority of oncologists that, that don't do that. Um, so I would, I would say, if you have that feeling from a physician and this is, my, this is my takeaway as a nurse and as a human being. If I had that feeling that I had an oncologist that wasn't going to listen to my concerns, if you have the wherewithal to find another oncologist, that may be the route that you need to take. I do see in my years of nursing, and this is just as time moves on, physicians are being taught more psych social skills Mm -hmm. in uh, in in college than what they were 50 years ago we don't have as many of i don't see with the younger physicians and the younger oncologists i don't see the the uh, sage on the stage the i am the one that you have (laughs) to listen to there's some humbleness i think that's being taught more now in in (laughs) colleges which is nice so it really depends upon the ability of the patient with their team members, family, spouse, friends, whoever, to take that bull by the horns and and advocate for them. Uh, if, if you are lucky enough to live in, in a more of an urban academic area, by all means, contact that university, contact that cancer center, ask to speak with a nurse navigator, and find out what clinical trials are being run right then.
1: You brought up an interesting point earlier when you mentioned sometimes just the travel time can affect. Like you say, if you're not close to like a university or a teaching hospital, but you're more in a smaller community hospital, what can they do as far as, can they still do a clinical trial, but they just have to, and if they can't travel, can they still do it in the hospital that they're close to, or how does that work?
2: And I'll be honest, I don't know specifically how available it is to move, to move the clinical trial information mm-hmm. from, a, from, from the academic area that it's being um, started in to a doctor's office, say an hour or two hours away again the best bet would be to go straight to straight to the university or the research center and ask there's depending on the types of medication there are most of the stuff most of the questions um the follow-ups testing can be done in a doc lab tests can be drawn in a doctor's office Mm. those can be sent somewhere else Medication can be administered in a doctor's office. It depends if it's an IV form, an oral form, are they taking it at home? Follow-up questions can be literally done over the phone oftentimes with nurse navigators to follow up as far as side effects or if things are happening. And then vital signs and, and, and assessments could be done at an oncologist's office. I'm not going to promise that's always yeah, that's yeah. always going to be available, but it never hurts to ask. Yeah,
1: I say at least you can ask and see if that mm-hmm. is something that is doable. I mean, mm-hmm. look what the pandemic has done for us, as far as you know, thinking we couldn't do anything remotely, and look what we've been able to do. So, yes, um, Paul, did, did you have a question? I did.
0: We've had a couple of uh, tweets uh, questions that come in here. Let me just give you a couple of them here. Thank you. Real life uh, questions being asked. Who do you go to at a university? You don't just call up the university operator and say you got a clinical trial. There's the university's got departments. Does it have to have a teaching hospital? Do you go to the hospital? And who do you, you just call the front desk? Uh, how, how, do you, how do you navigate through that, that bureaucracy to find the right per, person to tell you?
2: Okay, there's a, several different ways to do it. And I would try all of them. First of all, you can go, one of the websites that you can go to, I wanna say it's NC, it's National Cancer, I wanna say it's NCAA. They have have a a link to clinical trials. There's one area there, ONS, Oncology Nursing Society, I believe that they have links to clinical trials there.
0: And isn't there a national site, uh, clinicaltrials.gov or Uh, something?
2: Yes. Yes. And so that and you're gonna have to weed through that because those are clinical trials for everything. Everything, Every cancer. Absolutely everything. Um, if I I would if I whatever if I was closest to City of Hope, I would literally go on the City of Hope website and I would type in their in, in their question box clinical trials. Uh, uh, clinical trials in process now or upcoming cl- clinical trials and
0: just know that the city of hope is opening a huge campus here in orange exactly. county their second one and we're going to be doing a show for them great so great and go.
2: they are they're they're the big dog they're yeah. i mean they're for clinical trials they're 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 one oh, of the biggest that's what they focus on yeah. yes yeah. um md anderson if you're in like the texas area um md anderson is another one um, UCI has clinical trials going on in their oncology. Mm-hmm. And again, just going on to their, just to UCI's website, going to their search box and typing in clinical trials for whatever, just type in cl- That's clinical That's a logical, trials. rather
0: than just trying to randomly get somebody on a phone, go to the yeah. website and type in clinical trials. That and they'll sense. give
2: you links, I am not above, calling the front desk (laughs) (laughs) i am not above that um so whatever whatever it takes to get in touch with the people that are there there's so many different offices and the bureaucracy i know is is segmented and you're you're trying to find who exactly is in charge but when you when you can narrow it down a little bit, there's gonna be somebody there that can walk you th- through that process. And do all
0: cancer centers, many hospitals now, we've had uh, other hospitals come in here, they're focusing on cancer, so they open a heart center, they open a cancer center, whatever. Do they just bring in doctors who have greater expertise and have better equipment and stuff, or do all hospitals do clinical trials? Is, so or,
2: not all hospitals do. Okay. Um, The hospital that i work at we don't do clinical trials again it is a smaller based hospital so we had a a number of years ago we had doctors that were affiliated with us that were doing some clinical trials on um, on some pain management things like that but not all of them do the bigger hospitals and it's it's all it's all linked to resources resource availability uh funding so the bigger the hospital, the bigger the academic setting, the more availability that they're going to have for grants, for research, et cetera. But smaller community-based hospitals, typically I have not seen them there.
0: And do you, here's some other questions. I know we're running out of time here. Do you get paid to be in a clinical trial or is it just free? Are you part to, how, how does the whole thing, or different,
2: it, trials, so different, dif- different trials are going to be different. Um, I have seen clinical trials that, and they were not for cancer meds. Clinical trials that paid participants a, a monetary stipend, or, or
0: amount to drive there, amount or to
2: drive their, their their time and and trouble. Right. keeping logs, th- things like that. Nobody's getting rich off, off being involved no. in a clinical trial, <laughs> let me tell
0: you. <laughs> there are people going from one right. to the next. Right, yeah, I don't know. know.
2: <laughs> um, but, but yeah, they're- buy there... that
0: new Ferrari? Oh, I was in a clinical trial last
2: nope, year. Nope, <laughs> no Ferraris that I know of have been bought through through participation in a clinical trial. <laughs> Maybe somebody who came up with the medication. Maybe, a yeah. <laughs>
1: pharmaceutical company or something.
2: Yes. Oh, and that's what I was gonna say. Pharmaceutical companies is another way to, re- to try to find information out on clinical trials.
0: Johnson and Johnson. Johnson Eli and Lillie. Johnson,
2: Bayer, AstraZeneca.
0: Go look up the yeah. big names. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Look up any of them. And they are all they are all involved in different clinical trials.
0: Last two questions. Are clinical trials then always at big universities like the University of California, Irvine here? Are they always at big hospitals like City of Hope? Are they always in big cities? Or if I live in Montana, is there a clinical trial for me?
2: there is i'm not going to say there's not a clinical trial for you in Montana there definitely is the route that you may have to go to get involved in that clinical trial might take a little more effort on your part as far as proximity but that doesn't that doesn't mean that you cannot be involved in the clinical trial they are they need a vast array of people to be involved in in clinical trials across across f- full spectrums so People that are in outlying areas might have a, a harder time to get to the mm-hmm. clinical trial, but, but, it, but it's, it's definitely not. So they're not. all
0: not in New York or LA or no. Texas or something no. here, right? Is that where they're conducting this And last question, walk me through what happens. I join, I sign up, hooray, I made it. Is it a month, is it a week, is it daily, is it weekly? Do I live there, do I visit? I don't know, what happens in a clinical trial?
2: I'm not gonna say it's daily, but it is, although you may be taking a medication daily, it is clinical trials typically will be, they they have to reach a certain amount of people and they have to get a certain amount of information prior to completing a phase. So the phase is dependent upon the number of participants, the type of study that they're doing, the type of the medication. One of the things with cancer treatment now that they've learned, Uh, with the targeted therapies is that because targeted therapies take longer to actually work phases are longer Mm -hmm. in in a clinical trial versus old old school chemotherapies that just kill every cell good and bad right Mm -hmm. they hit hard and fast monoclonal um, antibodies take longer to work the targeted therapies actually will can show in cancer treatment a targeted therapy will show a patient worsening before they suddenly start getting better because of the mechanism of the medication on the cancer.
0: So typically is it a do you participate for a month, for you're, a year? You're going for a to day, be or... you can
2: be participating in a cancer, so let, let me so in a cancer clinical right. trial, it will probably be at least six months to a year. And it's going to depend on how well is that how well is that process working? How well is it working for you? Sometimes things happen to patients along the way that they then have to fall out of the clinical trial. Maybe something, maybe they're- they get they're,
0: too sick, they yes. die, there's something, yeah, right? It's
2: yeah, not working. Yeah. If it's
1: not working, they will too. Right, so,
2: yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a long-term. Yes.
0: So last question for uh, oh, Roberta. I was, I was okay. just gonna
2: say one more thing, and you are always, allowed to quit a clinical trial anytime you want
0: you just don't like it if you don't like it you step back so laverta is that part of the problem you identified way early on by the time people identify they have pancreatic cancer they're really sick 95 percent of them are going to die and it's not always in years it might be in a short time period now you're asking me to join a clinical trial for a year i might not have a year left
1: Well, personally, I mean, for me, it would have been, and like I said before, my dad would have wanted, he wanted to do that because even though he knew he wasn't going to benefit, he knew somebody else would. And so he would have participated had he been given that option. And I would hope that most of us would also do that because if we're not going to save ourselves, maybe it would be a family member. And, you know, just getting back real quick to clinical trials, the, the ideas that you offered are really great. But for me, for myself, because there's so much on my plate, um, PANCAN does have on their website a clinical trial search there you can you do. Right. Or you can call their patient services or go online and also ask um, them to do that. Because like it's a lot out there, like I said, to have to filter. And for them to take that off my plate was a really big help. So, But yes, by all means, check any, any way you want to and find a clinical right. trial. But also I would reach out to PANCAN as well. And I think we're probably out of time, and we're out of time. I, I really yeah. want to have you come back because we didn't get there's a, it's a horrible more. thing to
0: say during a cancer <laughs> show. We're out of time.
1: <laughs> oh, that was really bad. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <Yeah. laughs> time on the radio, I should say. Yeah. So, but um, there was still a lot at, on that article that was really great. I wanted to touch on. So, we may have to do another show to to kind of get all this. But um, I want to thank you for returning and bringing some of this knowledge about the clinical trials and and the barriers My that we pleasure. have. There's like I said, there's so much more to talk about. I really wanted to have you come back because there's also a survey I wanted to really get into. But today's episode of Living Hope is dedicated to all those who braved a clinical trial, giving those of us that benefit from their sacrifice a brighter future. So thank you to all those people and their families. Thank you.
0: Well, there you have it one more reason to tune in each and every week to living hope a weekly journey weekly conversation decide designed to provide hope inspiration and education for those living with pancreatic cancer those going through it those around them sharing the realized stories of those really affected by this deadly disease and how they deal with it all of us on a daily basis if you'd like to share stories please we're always looking for personal tales And if you or anyone you know needs help, like right now, as Roberta keeps pointing out, there is a place to go, patient services at PANCAN, which is 877, the number 2, P-A-N-C-A-N, for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. For the OC Talk Radio Network, this is Paul Roberts thanking you for joining us, hoping you'll share this with somebody you come back and join the conversation each and every week as we explore a topic that many don't want to talk about but those in the middle of it don't know where else to go streaming live from the university of california irvine's beale Applied innovation center